0: within the act of forgiveness lies an extraordinary power. It is the power to right wrongs, heal wounds, and ultimately change the course of history. It is a call to show grace and mercy, not merely as a social recommendation or personal disposition, but as a mandate from the God who forgave us first. Out of love, he chose to take all of our personal garbage and sweep it away, erasing it from our past. In exchange, we have received a clean slate, a brilliant future filled with opportunities to pass this gift on to each other. Through the love of Christ, we too have the power to overlook offenses, right wrongs, and heal history. We too have the power to sweep it all into a big pile of garbage and watch it burn away. Because of the one who showed mercy on us first, we too have the power of forgiveness. We too have
1: the power of forgiveness. Good morning church again. I'm excited that you decided to come this morning for the second week on our four week series in a series that we have called A Living Lesson on Forgiveness from the Book of Philemon, the book of the letter of or the letter of Philemon from the Apostle Paul. To a good friend of the Apostle Paul, who uh, needed to be encouraged to forgive uh, as a servant that had wronged him. Uh, but before we start, I, I want to remind you that we are here helping people. Th- that is the reason why we exist. We exist to help people experience the hope. Found In a life-changing relationship with Jesus So we as a church, we need to always keep that in mind We are here to help people uh, experience the hope found in a life-changing relationship with Jesus uh, Living lesson on forgiveness from Philemon uh, Last week, we began the introduction to this important uh, letter And the subject of forgiveness And, and uh, we learned that God is a God of forgiveness So simple and basic stuff uh, that we learned last week we learned that God is a god of forgiveness. we went through exodus chapter thirty four verse six where the lord says in exodus thirty four six uh, the Lord God compassionate and gracious slow to anger abounding in loving kindness and truth who keeps loving kindness for thousands who forgives our iniquity, who forgives iniquity, God is a god of forgiveness transgressions and sin, God forgives. So the theme uh, of forgiveness we set last week is obvious through all Scripture. And, and we walk, uh, we talk about the example Jesus gave uh, and the principles He gave in the Scriptures. We began by talking about Luke 15, where we talk about the, the well-known story of the prodigal son in Luke 15. The Bible says that the, the father, as the son took all the inheritance and... He took the inheritance, left, and went and spent all his money with his friends. And and, and then when he had nothing anymore, he was eating with the pigs. He thought, maybe I can just go to my father's house and be a servant. That The son didn't even think, my father is going to forgive me for what I did. He was not expecting forgiveness. But as he was walking towards the father's house, we were talking about that the father ran to him. The father didn't even wait for the sinner to get to him. The father went and approached the sinner, began to kiss the son, began to hug him and said, Hey, come on, let, let's get everything. Let's get everything ready. Let, let's do a barbecue. Let's throw a party. Get, dress him the best way he, you know, that he could get dressed and give him a ring again. He's becoming my son again. You know, he was lost and now he's being found. And that's the way God forgives. God doesn't even wait for the sinner to get to Him. God is willing to forgive. God is ready to forgive. And the sinner, who is represented by the Son here, uh, gets, gets, you know, gets forgiven by God. And God is a God of forgiveness. So all the human qualities that make men, in a sense, more like God, is when you forgive. When Jesus taught us to pray, the best words He could use, uh, you know, He could think of um, to, to, to help us in learning how to pray, He said, forgive us, in your, our Father, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. In other words, God is a God of forgiveness. God's forgiveness of us is based on our forgiveness of us of others that's why we said last week you want mercy be merciful you want forgiveness forgive like god forgives so for for you are never more like god than when you forgive people who have offended you jesus was clear in his teachings also about the importance of forgiveness and because God is, is a God of forgiveness, in Matthew chapter 6, He also added in, our, in, our, in, our, in the prayer of our Father prayer, He added in verse 14 and 15, Matthew six fourteen and 15, He said, For if you forgive men their transgressions, your Heavenly Father will forgive you of your transgressions. But if you do not forgive men their transgressions, your Father in Heaven will not forgive you. In other words... God's forgiveness of us is based in our forgiveness of others. So last week we concluded that if um, if we put all these all these verses together from Jesus and from the Apostle Paul and other teachings in the Scriptures, we get a very clear idea that God is a forgiving God, but as He is a forgiving God, and as He has forgiven us, He is expecting for us to understand those principles, and for us to be able to forgive others that have also offended us at at any point in life. And so, you are never more like God than when you forgive. Now the priority of forgiveness is not only given in the scripture in principle, uh, we said last week, it is not only given in principle, it is not only given in parables from the teachings of Jesus, but it also, it's also given in a personal, in a personal way, in personal terms. And when the Apostle Paul writes to Philemon, the Apostle Paul knows what Jesus uh, thought uh, on on forgiveness. The Apostle Paul had wrote the church in Ephesians and the church in Colossa, uh, you know, about forgiveness. But now he's getting personal. This is how you apply. This is how you practice forgiveness. And he writes his smaller letter to Philemon. Out of the thirteen letters the Apostle Paul wrote in the New Testament, Philemon is the smallest letter. And it's a letter about forgiveness, even though he never mentions the word forgiveness. But when you read the letter, you know that's what his request is. And we'll get into that right now in a moment. But now, you remember the story, don't you? Last week we went a little bit through the story, a little bit of the background in Philemon. A man named Philemon... The living caller he was married to a lady named Afia and they had a son, Archippus, who was in the Christian ministry and they had a house and in the house they had a church in their own house. And he must have been a fairly wealthy man, and in his house uh, that 's where the church met uh, and they had a servant or in those days they called them slaves, the servants but it wasn 't that the way we see uh, or the way we see that word nowadays nowadays it's completely different it's taken in a different way back in those days, it was normal it was not a bad thing to be a servant in somebody 's house because you had security, you had protection you you were taken care of when you were a servant in somebody's house. So Onesimus was the servant in Philemon's house, and even though Philemon was a good, a good, uh, a good boss, um, Onesimus uh, wanted his freedom, and so one day he just ran away. Onesimus ran away, and he uh, had, you know, basically he defrauded he he was a fraud to Philemon, and not only that, he also stole some things from Philemon and took him with him and just left uh, with no concern of Philemon. So Onesimus ran uh, from the little tiny town of Colosse to get lost in the massive humanity city of Rome, thinking he could hide in in, in the underground of Rome. Uh, He thought he could hide there. As a matter of fact, let me show you a map right now. Let me show you a map so you can see how much Onesimus traveled to get away from his boss Philemon. Onesimus traveled... 1,150 miles to get to Rome. So you see Colossae in this side, in the bottom part of the screen right here, and you see Rome all the way over there. So Onesimus ran away all the way over there. Notice one thing in this letter. One thing that I want you to know is, on, uh, Philemon had a house, where the house in his house was the church in the city of Colossae. So the church was there, Onesimus living there, Onesimus doesn't come to the knowledge of Christ in the house where he lived, where the church was, but God allows Onesimus to travel all the way from Colossae, all the way to Rome, thinking I'm getting as far away from these Christians as I can. I'm getting as far away from these people as I can, and I'm gonna go to Rome. And the reason he was going to Rome is because in Rome it was known for uh, that the amount of homeless people in Rome. Because the more homeless people were in Rome, because it was the big city, the more they can hide among those people. Runaway slaves or servants used to do that. Used to go to Rome and they would hide over there. But what? Onesimus didn't know is that when God has a plan for your life, whether you like it or not, in a good way or in a bad way, God is going to bring you to His knowledge. God is going to bring you to His feet. So he didn't become a Christian in his house. He had to travel 1,150 miles, go to Rome, and guess guess where did God take Onesimus? To Paul's lap, right? He says, come here, come here. Let me share the gospel with you. You travel 1,150 miles so I can share the gospel with you. So then Paul finds out that he was a servant to one of his friends who had a church in his house. And Paul said, so if you have really come to the knowledge of Christ, if you have really repented, you need to, you need to do things right. You need to show your repentance by coming and making things right with Philemon. But Paul doesn't tell him that without giving him the letter and say, I'm sending you with this letter. So I can imagine, I can imagine, uh, you know, uh, Paul knew how Philemon was because he had spent a lot of time with Philemon. And, and so Paul knew that Philemon was a person with the qualities of a forgiving person. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. I want to talk to you about this morning, about the qualities. Do you have those qualities that we're going to talk about this morning? So I want you to think about it. I want you to consider, do I have the qualities of a forgiving person? Do I have the qualities the Apostle Paul tells Philemon? And the Apostle Paul knows Philemon and tells Philemon, and and, and let's be honest, in this situation, it's not easy to forgive. Most of the times, it's not easy to forgive, but when you are a Christian, and if you have the qualities, the Paul tells Philemon, it shouldn't be a hard thing to do, and, and, and we'll, we'll see it this morning. But, but why, why, why is forgiving, before we get into that, why is forgiving others, why, why, can, why, why is it so difficult sometimes? It's difficult sometimes, let me tell you, because forgiving someone is often very difficult because it means to let go. And a lot of times, we don't want to let go of the hurt that others have caused us. Because we want to we want to make sure that, oh, I, I, I will not let go. And, and then, you know, two years, three years pass, five years pass, and all of a sudden something happens and you throw it in their face what they did to you five years before. You don't let go. So that's why it's not easy to forgive, because you have to let go and live God. You have to let go and let God deal with that situation. And we'll talk about that letting God, because one of the qualities of a forgiving person is faith. is to trust that God has control on the situations and the people who at some point have hurt you. If you have that faith, if you have that quality... You will trust that the Lord has control over all the things that go on in your life. But forgiving is not easy because you have to let go. And a lot of people rather to hold, they they prefer. It's like I saw a picture the other day on Facebook where this guy is saying, Yeah, yeah, I don't want to forgive, but he's, he's, he's hugging a cactus. And as he's hugging a cactus, you know, the, the, the less he forgives, the more he gets poked by the cactus, right? And, and it's like that. We don't want to let go. We're, we're getting hurt, but we don't want to let go. And so we're also told that forgiveness is, when you forgive, you forgive and forget. No, you don't forget. You will have to erase your mind of everything that you have experienced. You won't forget, but you can forgive. Forgiving and forget is two different things. And a lot of times that's why we don't easily forgive. Because, oh, if I forgive, I, got, I have to forget it. I can't forget. Especially when, uh, when we were really hurt a lot. How can anyone forget that? If forgetting is part of forgiveness, who can forgive? Then we can never forgive. No, forgiving is letting go. And not bring it again and not throw it in people's face what they have done to you. It doesn't mean you forget. It just means you let go. Another reason why forgiving is, sometimes, is so difficult sometimes is because we wait for the other person to come and apologize. So, I, you know, in all my years in ministry, I always had a different perspective until the other day when I was talking to a good friend of mine. And I got to think and pray about a lot of times we don't forgive because we're waiting for the other person to come and apologize I learned recently because I had a different idea from the scriptures I thought I got it but no I didn't have it we wait for the other person to come and apologize no we gotta forgive no matter what you have to let go if you don't let go you're only hurting yourself you're, you're like you're that person who's grabbing that cactus and not letting go now you have to let go, and when you let go, you feel so light it's like i got to go put some weight on you because you get so light because you feel so free, you feel so good you 're letting go don 't wait for the other person to come and apologize forgiveness it 's about the one who forg- uh, the, the one forgiving the one person it, It's not the response of the one who you know to come and apologize, you forgive no matter what. Love covers multitude of sins," Peter said. A lot of times we don't forgive, it, we don't forgive it's difficult because we don't think we should forgive. And a lot of times we're afraid to forgive. We were hurt by another person. Why should we trust them? Why should we trust them until they show us, uh, you know, are they going to hurt us again? Are they going to hurt us again? And so we're so afraid. If we forgive, they might hurt us again. Forgiveness doesn't mean lack of uh, lack of boundaries. In other words, when you forgive, it doesn't mean you know I forgive you. I'm going to join you back again the same way as we were before. No, you put some boundaries. You know, it's like a person who's been abused. It's a person who's been you know who's been abused physically, emotionally, mentally, or different ways of of abusing people. You know, it doesn't mean you forgive that person and you go back to that. No, you got to put some boundaries. You got to learn to put some boundaries and say, "I will love that person, I will forgive that person, but I'm going to keep my distance because I know that if I get too close, I'm going to get hurt again." So, here Paul tells Philemon in the first three in the first three verses of the letter. Paul tells Philemon. Let's go to the verse now to the next slide. Paul tells Philemon that it's him, the one who's sending Onesimus. He's sending him back. So now, Onesimus, travel another 1,150 another 1, miles back to your house and go give this letter to Philemon and make sure you, you do the right thing. And so this letter, Paul says, Paul, prisoner, of, uh, for, a prisoner for preaching the good news of, about Christ Jesus, and from a brother Timothy, I'm writing to you, Philemon, My beloved brother, my beloved co-worker, and to our sister Afia, and to our fellow soldier Archippus, and to the church that meets in your house, may God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Then he begins telling Philemon what he knows about him. He begins telling Philemon about his qualities. So today we are focusing on the qualities of a forgiving person. Again... See yourself in light of these qualities and think, am I that person? Or what am I in need of to be a forgiving person? Because if you don't forgive, God will not forgive you. There's nothing we can do if we don't want to forgive others. God will not forgive us. So Paul tells... Next slide, please. Paul tells Philemon, verses 4, and we're going to go all the way to 7. I always thank my God when I pray for you, Philemon. Because I keep hearing about two things. Notice the two things he tells him that he keeps on hearing. He keeps on hearing about, I keep on hearing about your faith in the Lord Jesus, and I keep on hearing about your love For all God's people. Guess guess what you need to be a forgiving person? It's right in front of you. All you need to be a forgiving person is faith. If you claim to have faith, you have the power of forgiveness. If you claim to be a person who loves the way God loves you, and the way God says you should love your neighbor as yourself, you have the power of forgiveness. If you don't forgive, it's not because you don't have the power to do so. It's because you choose not to do so. Then you will not be forgiven. And He says, I keep on hearing about your faith. And I keep on hearing about your love for all God's people. Notice that He makes sure Philemon, you don't make exceptions of people. You love all God's people. And then in verse 6, he says, And I am praying. So, two times he's saying, I'm praying, I'm praying. I am praying that you will put into action the generosity that comes from your faith. What is the first quality he mentions in in verse 5? The first quality in verse 5 is faith. And now he's telling him in verse 6, Now the faith that I just told you you have, Philemon... The faith that I just told you you have should result in acts of generosity. You should be open and generous to forgive those who have sinned against you. Your faith in Jesus has result in acts of generosity as you understand and experience all the good things that we have in Christ. Verse 7, Your love has given me much joy and comfort. So, your, your faith in the Lord Jesus has result in generosity. And now your love also has result in giving me joy and comfort. And your love is also resulting in kindness, not just to me, but to all of God's people. Because He tells him in verse 7, For your kindness has often refreshed the hearts of God's people. Philemon was a good man. And so Paul is appealing to those qualities Philemon has by telling him, I know you're a man of faith, and your faith leads you to acts of kindness, of generosity, and your love has given me much joy and comfort, and you are so loving, Philemon, that you, because of your love, you have expressed your love through kindness. And if you have faith, and your faith takes you to acts of generosity. And if you have love, and that love takes you to acts of kindness, you will have no problem in forgiving people. If you have a problem in forgiving people, that means there is a problem with your faith. There is a problem with your love. And you got to be honest with yourself. But a lot of times, that's why we don't forgive so easily. Let, let me explain something. Hopefully hopefully this is going to be big enough on, on the screen. Let's go to the next one. If we... If we analyze these three, these these four verses, in verse five, he tells him about the two qualities that you need to be a forgiving person. So in verse five, he says, because I keep on hearing about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people. So when you see the first two, the, the first, in the first, in the first, um, section, you see that says your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And in there, it says your love for all God's people. So your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, should sure result in you loving God's people. You cannot tell others that you love God who you do not see, but you don't love people who you see. 1 John chapter 4, verse 20. There's no way you can do that. And then he says, you know, and he explains. Verse 5, he gives the two qualities. And the first quality he gives in verse 5, he explains that quality in verse 6. Notice, he explains. So, this is what I'm talking about. When I'm talking about faith, I'm saying, and I am praying that you will put into action the generosity that comes from your faith. As you understand and experience all the good things we have in Christ. What is the one good thing he's also referring there? One of the good things we have in Christ is that we are forgiven. So since we experience those good things that we have in Christ, I am appealing to you, to your faith, because your faith will result in generosity. Be generous in giving forgiveness to others. So, in the second part of verse 5, he says, Your love for all God's people. And he explains that in verse 7. So, as he explains faith in verse 6, he explains now in verse 7 what he says about the second quality. Your love for all God's people. And he explains, Your love has given me much joy and comfort. My brother, your kindness has often refreshed the heart of God's people. So, basically, faith results in acts of generosity from understanding all the good things we have in Christ. If you understand the good things you have in Christ, you'll have no problem being generous with your forgiveness of others. If you don't give that forgiveness, there is a problem with your faith. You have to question yourself. The Bible says that we have to examine ourselves often. Why am I having such such a hard time forgiving people? Why am I holding to this? Is it a problem with my faith? Is it a problem with my love? There's no way you can say you love if you don't have the right faith. Because love results in joy, not in bitterness. Love results in comfort of others. Love results in kindness. There are people who, even though they call themselves Christians, they have a hard time being kind to other people, And they have even a harder time if they don't get things their way. That's what the Bible says, people. I didn't write it. God did. It's your choice. You have faith. Be generous, Paul says. You have love. Be kind. And it is so important because faith is trusting in Jesus. How how does faith play a role? How how do we explain? How does faith fit into forgiveness? Let me show you. uh, Let's go next. Uh, Let me show you the two characteristics of a forgiving person. The first characteristic, as we saw it in verse 5, is faith in the Lord Jesus. To sincerely forgive, you must have faith. If you don't have faith, it's hard to forgive a person. Why? If you don't have faith in Jesus, it's hard Because when you have faith in Jesus, faith equals trust. So you are trusting Jesus to say, Jesus, I'm not going to trust this person who hurt me. This person hurt me, so I, I don't have to trust that person, but I have to trust you. I have to trust that you are working in this person's life. I have to trust that you are guiding them to repentance, just like Onesimus was being guided to repentance by the Holy Spirit. I have to trust somebody. And I'm not going to easily trust that person who hurt me. But I am going to trust Jesus. And that's why Paul says, Your faith in the Lord Jesus. Let's put the verses, please. Let's move, let's move up front. Your, your faith in the Lord Jesus. And the word faith here is the word pistos. The word pistos in Greek literally means a strong Trust in Jesus. So when you have faith, when you trust Jesus, because the other person who's coming and asking you for forgiveness, and you're going to extend, you're going to have... Your faith leads you to generosity. And you're going to extend that generosity of forgiveness to that other person. You have to trust Jesus. You have to strongly trust Jesus. You have to have a strong trust for Jesus. Now, this is interesting, because it says, Faith in the Lord Jesus. So, let's see the... um, So, faith is pistas. And in, faith in the Lord Jesus. Faith in, the word in, is the word ace. So, pistas ace means... To literally have a strong trust in Jesus deep down in your heart. Meaning you are convincing your heart you can trust Jesus. You might not be able to trust people. Is it easy to trust people when they hurt you? Is it easy to trust people when they fail you? No, it's not easy. But it's, it's different when you don't trust that person, but you can trust Jesus, strongly trust Jesus deep down in your heart. You have a strong trust. For Jesus, for what Jesus is doing in their life. Well, what's happening with Onesimus here? Onesimus had been transformed by Jesus. Maybe Philemon was going to say, Well, I don't know if I can trust you, Onesimus. You stole from me when you left. I cannot trust you from, from the beginning, up front. But I will trust that Jesus is working in you. I will trust in Jesus for what He's doing in your life. When you forgive, You don't have to come and trust that person right away. But you have to trust that Jesus is working in their life. Philemon had to trust that God took Onesimus all the way from Colossae to Rome to give him a new life. To give him a new life. And so, if he has faith, he had to trust Jesus and forgive him. What Paul is is telling Philemon basically here is a person of faith is a person, is a forgiving person. Let me share with you a text that we frequently misunderstand. Have you heard that text that it says, you know, if somebody is a stumbling block to one of these little ones, what does that text say? Rapa... Wrap a milestone around your neck and do what? And so we, we usually tell people, hey, watch out. Don't be a stumbling block. Don't, don't, don't be stumbled to other people. Be careful with that. And, and, and we, we miss, or, or also when we use that verse that it says, if you had faith as the master seed, and we use that verse a lot of times, to, uh, you know, to tell people, oh, you just got to have faith. If you believe this is going to happen, you just got to have faith as a master seed. And we take those verses out of context. Let me show you something this morning in case you have never really paid attention to those verses the way you should. So, I'll show you the context of the verse. Let's, let's put it out, please. Jesus said to His disciples, and, and, and analyze this verse with me. Jesus said to His disciples... Things that cause people to stumble are bound to come. In other words, life happens. Am I right or wrong? Life happens. Life happens. Things will happen. Things that will stumble people are bound to come. There's nothing you can do, there are things you have no control over. So, things, you know, things that cause people to stumble are bound to come, he said. But whoa, be careful, watch out. Watch out in case, you know, to anyone through whom they come. Don't be part of the stumble. But but, keep on hearing this. It would be better for them, if you become a stumble, it would be better for them to be thrown into the sea with the milestone tied around their neck than to cause one of these little ones to stumble. What is he talking about? What is a the stumbling there? In the context, what when can you become stumble to people? In the context, you become stumble to people when you do this. Jesus explained. So watch yourselves. Don't be a stumble. In the context he says, If your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them, and if they repent, do what? Do what? Forgive them. Wake, be awake with me. Forgive them. And if they sin against you seven times in a day, then just say, I'm tired of you. Is that what it says? If you sin against me seven times in a day, it says, I have to forgive you. If I sin against you seven times a day... You have to forgive me. If you're a Christian, you have no choice. Forgiveness is is no choice. We should do it, but sometimes we decide to disobey God. But he says, forgive them. Forgive them if they sin against you seven times, a day and seven times, and they come back and say, I repent, you must forgive them again. So, guess how the apostles react to that? So, he's telling them, stumbling stumbles are going to come no matter what you say. But be careful not to be a stumble. It will be better that you tie a, 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 a milestone around your neck and throw yourself into the sea than to be a stumbling to one of my little ones. Then, he says, if somebody comes and asks you for forgiveness, forgive them. If they come seven times in the same day, forgive them seven times. In other words, you will be a stumble when you don't do what? When you don't forgive. That's the context. It's nothing, it's not childish things. The context is forgiveness. You will be a stumble if you don't forgive. You can be a hindrance. You can be a rock on the road for other people if you don't forgive them. And the apostle said there's only one solution the apostle thought. The solution to this is lord increase our what? What is the first quality of a forgiving person? But guess what? They thought they thought they had an excuse. That's why he they're saying, lord Increase our faith. In other words, if you don't increase our faith, I don't think we can do this. Have you ever said that to God before? God, if I only had a little more faith, I can do this. Well, Jesus said, wait wait a minute. You guys have more than enough faith. And then He tells them this next. He replied, If you have faith as small as a monster seed, in other words, You think you need to increase your faith? No, you don't need to increase your faith. You just need to put your faith into action. You don't need to increase your faith. What you need is to understand that if you have faith as small, as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the seed and it will obey you. He's not talking about, go and tell the tree to get up and go over there. He's not talking about that. He's telling them, if you have a small little bit of, tiny bit of faith, you'll be able to do it. You'll be able to forgive and not be a stumbling block to another person. That's how faith plays a role in forgiveness. All you have to say is, yes, I'm a person of faith. Yes, I have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Then you have the power of forgiveness in you. Do you choose to do that or do you choose not to? It's up to you. But if you don't do it, you will pay the consequence for that. According to Matthew chapter 5, if you don't forgive, you will be given up to the authorities. And your spiritual life is not going to be at peace until you know you have forgiven the person Interesting Trusting in God Forgiveness requires Trusting in God The characteristics of a forgive One of the characteristics of a forgiving person Is faith in the Lord Jesus You are going to trust Jesus Not that person necessarily Second and last characteristic That we are going to see today A forgiving person Is a person who loves has love for all God's people. Your faith in Jesus has given you real love for God's people. How can you and I say that we have faith and love and hold the grudge against people? How can we do that? How how dare we? How dare we say we have faith? How dare we say we have love? And then Paul is telling, Paul is appealing to Philemon by saying, you have faith, you have love. You must do the right thing. Because you have enjoyed all the blessings that we have in Christ. And if you have enjoyed all the blessings you have in Christ, you ought to give forgiveness if you have received forgiveness. So Paul tells Philemon, you know, I I, I always thank God for you. And I pray for you. And not just, you know, keep on hearing about your faith, but I hear about your love for all God's people. Love, and according to verse 7, love results in much joy, comfort, and kindness. That's why Paul says in verse 7, Your love has given me much joy and comfort, my brother. Your love has done this for me. When you're a loving person, you will, you will have that effect in other people. Effect of joy, comfort, kindness. Kindness is going to be your action. Love for all God's people, according to verse 5. Paul doesn't refer... Now, now I want you to know that Paul doesn't refer to... Uh, th- there's three words that are usually used for love in the New Testament. I'm sure you guys are scholars on this. You guys know this. But the one word is the word eros. The word eros is the word that comes from erotic. It's sexual love. But Paul doesn't talk about eros love. Paul doesn't talk about phileo love. Phileo is friendship. So he's not saying that sexual love is phileo, is friendship love. He uses the word agape. Philemon, you love, you agape. You have agape for all God's people. And what is agape here? Agape here, it's a choice. You choose to love the people. You willingly choose to love the people. But when you love the people, agape means you self-sacrificially love that person, even if that person doesn't deserve it. It's a selfless love, not a selfish love. It's selfless love, it's a humble type of love, it's not an emotional love, it's not by emotion, it's by obedience. Love that comes that can only come from God. That is the love that forgives people. Love that is the love of God. It is not a friendship love, it's not erotic love, but it's a love that sacrifices the selfless love. That is humble. And when somebody asks you for forgiveness, you forgive them. The same way God offers you forgiveness, you forgive others. Your love for all God's people, He says in verse 5, no exception. Oh, I'll forgive the ones I like. I'll get along with the ones I like. Oh, let me go to my, the, the, me, the me church, let me go to my little group. I love that group. I'll forgive that group, but I don't like those other ones. Jesus, help us. Let's claim to be believers and let's act like ones. That's why in 1 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul says, verse chapter 13, verse 4 and, 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 and on, he goes, love is patient, love is kind. If you have that love, love doesn't envy, doesn't boast, it's not proud. Love does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. When you're selfish and you're self-seeking, you're not loving. And God says, if you say you have love, you will look for the best interests of others. You'll forget about yourself and you'll forgive those who have offended you. You hold something in your heart. If you can think of a person and feel angry or feel mad about that person when you think about them, then you haven't forgiven those people. Have, do they have to come and ask you for forgiveness? No, they don't. You forgive, even if they don't. Because the one doing a favor, you're doing a favor to yourself. You're letting go. Let go of the cactus, man. Stop hugging the cactus. Stop hurting yourself. It's about time. That's what Jesus taught us. That's what Paul is telling Philemon... And he says here, love is not easily anger. So if you easily get angry, watch out for that too. It keeps no records of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects. It always trusts. You trust. God is at work in those people's life. It always hopes for the best. It hopes. Always perseveres. And in verse 8, in in the beginning of verse 8, he says, Love never fails. And in that same verse, at the end of that verse says, Many things will pass away. Many things will be done with. And in verse 13, he says, But now these three things will remain. Look at what Paul is saying to the Corinthian church, and look at what Paul said to Philemon. Three things will remain, he said. Faith, hope, and love. You have faith, trust in the Lord Jesus, that He's working in people's lives, and you forgive. You hope, you hope for the best, that those people will change for their own benefit. And you will love them, because that's what God has commanded you to do. Love, love hopes, hopes all things. Your love, he says in verse 7 of Philemon, going back to Philemon, your love has given me much joy, my brother. Have you ever been told that? Hey, you're such a loving person. You encourage me so much. Man, I can't believe you know, how patient you can be with other people. I'm encouraged just by seeing you. How can I be that? Has somebody ever told you that? Or do they get away from you? There has to be a reason why. In 1 John, chapter 3, it gives us a test. Talking about love. And uh, if you're offended with me, take it up with God. Because this is what the Bible says. God says this. By this is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Uh, this is tough. You want to know who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil? All you have to do is is this. Whoever doesn't practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love God his brother for this is the message that you have heard from the beginning that we should do what love one another love one another so two main principles we learn in these first two weeks first week The main principle on first week is God's forgiveness of us is based in our forgiveness of others. God's forgiveness of you is based in your forgiveness to others. You don't forgive. You forgive. You are forgiven. You don't forgive. You are not forgiven, says God. This week, it's important that we understand the principle. Faith and trust in Jesus, and the love we have for all God's people should result in forgiveness of those who have hurt you or offended you at any point. In other words, faith equals generosity. Love equals kindness. If you are a person of faith and a person of love, You should be generous and you should be kind even to those who at any point in life have offended you. The result of this should be forgiveness. Should be forgiveness. Next week we're gonna think we're gonna talk today we talk about the characteristics of a forgiving person. Next week we're gonna talk about the actions. Of a forgiving person. You might be wondering, how can there be so much in these 25 verses of the Bible? Well, there is a lot more. I'm making it in four weeks. We can go on and on and on. Because forgiveness is something we really have to learn. And relearn and relearn. And make sure that we have asked forgiveness to the Lord for our own sins because we are willing to forgive those who have sinned against us. Our Father in Heaven, we thank You so much this morning for Your truth. We thank You so much this morning, my Lord, for helping us understand that it's not about us, but it's about the faith that You have given us and the love that You have poured in us so we can love others. That my faith can result... in these great things that I can just generously give to others and it's one of them is forgiveness Father we pray that you will help us that you will create our hearts of stone into hearts willing not just to ask for your forgiveness but to forgive others as You have forgiven us. Help us to have these qualities, Lord, in our lives. Help us to be people of faith, trust in You, that You are working on, others, on other people's lives. That we have love, because that's how people know that we are Your children. We pray all these things in Your Son's precious name, Amen.